Hey, welcome to Real Talk of Real Life. This is your host, Brian Riggs. Today, uh, we have uh, Abby O'Toole on as a guest. How you doing, Abby? Hi, I'm good. Um, so, uh, I wanted to bring you on today just because, like I, like I told you earlier, you know, i kind of been watching your walk, watching you, uh, kind of watch you go through the, the struggles early on. Um, and I've just, you know, I've kind of watched you blossom from afar. I know we, we don't necessarily have a, have a, anything more than a, you know, seeing each other at meetings relationship, but, um, you know, I can tell you watching you from a distance has really, um, you know, inspired me because I, I, I love watching the transformation happen in people. So, um, so I wanted to have you on today to, to kind of talk about a couple of things. Um, so I guess first we'll, uh, we'll start by, you can just, uh, you know, introduce yourself and, you know, kind of tell everybody a little bit about yourself, where you're from, that type of stuff. All right. Um, so my name's Abby. My clean date is July 23rd, 2017. Um, let's see. I don't really know where to start, I guess. Um, so, like, when I was growing up, I grew up with both parents in my house. Uh, my little sister and my older brother. Um, I went to Catholic school until um i think i was like 11 okay and when i switched i was really sheltered when i switched over and i started meeting new people outside of like the 20 people i'd known my entire life right um i just felt like such an outsider i had no idea what anyone was talking about um i had no friends and i really quickly found out that um, it was easy to like pretend to be somebody that I wasn't to hang out with these kinds of people like the cool kids so um, you know I fell in like with this group of people that were kind of troublemakers and kind of did that for a while I started dealing with some mental health issues early on right and um that's a big part of my story um let's see so so let's so so let me let's talk about that for a second so Mm -hmm. you're because i think that that's important because a lot of us you know um you know a large percentage of people that suffer with a substance use disorder also suffer with uh you know co-occurring mental health issues and so so around what age were you diagnosed with that um with you know any type of mental health problem and and how did your treatment go you know um for that uh well I first got put on medication I think I was 10 when I was first put on medication um for ADD and ADHD and um I started self-harming behaviors really young maybe like 12 or 13 My parents took me to a doctor and they diagnosed me with depression and anxiety and immediately I was put on medication. And when the symptoms didn't completely go away, um, I was put on a different medication. I was put in treatment. Um, I think I went to treatment six times before I turned 21. Wow. And so this was this was like treatment for your mental health or or like co-occurring like uh dual diagnosis treatment. 
They were they were all dual diagnosis. Okay. Um. And so, did so, you did you see any like lasting effect from those treatments, or were you, um, you know, because I would imagine like the same thing. I think happened. for a little while, every time I left a treatment center, I would feel. I remember the first time I went to treatment, I was sixteen, and um, I ended up staying for almost seven months in a ninety day program. Right. And the whole time I was there. I did not think I was an addict, first of all, and I didn't think I had any problems. Um, I just kind of thought everyone was, like, out to get me, you know? Yeah. And when I came home, I was like, well, I'm just not – I'm not going to do anything to, like, prove to everyone that there's, like, I'm not crazy, you know? Right. And I came back and immediately, like, I realized how lonely I was. I had again I was in that spot that I had like no friends Um, I was like sitting in my house all the time by myself and I didn't come back and get on you know the medication or anything like that so it only took me a few days before I started using again right but I think most of it like everyone either thought that I was like crazy or I mean, that was it. Nobody really, like, addressed the actual issues. Every time I went to treatment, I had all of these mental health issues, but nobody, like, really wanted to get down to the core of it. And I didn't even really know what the core of it was. Like, it took getting clean in a 12-step program to really figure out, like, why I was using and why I was acting out. So so it kind of seems like maybe through the course of a lot of those treatments, it was just a lot of medication and um, you know, kind of that type of stuff, but not a lot of deep digging involved. Yeah, definitely. All right. So, so fast forward, um, you know, a little bit to, you know, uh, so, well, actually, so during that time, were you involved with 12 step recovery or were you kind of just doing the, whatever treatment you did at treatment and then kind of getting out and trying to manage everything on your own? So I was, um, I was kind of involved in 12 step recovery, We went to meetings in the treatment center, um, and it was, like, talked about. But um, to me, I just did not think that that is somewhere that I belonged. Like, I would try to talk. Like, I came back, and I went to a few meetings, and um, I just felt like I didn't really fit in. I thought I didn't have anything in common with anybody, and I decided that, like, wasn't the place for me. Right. Although um, I am glad that I was introduced to that so early on, even though I didn't think I belonged there. Um, like when it was time for me to accept the fact that that's where I needed to be, I knew where to go. All right. So let's so let's talk about that. So, you know, I can remember like, um, I don't know, it seemed like it was a few years ago, I think, when you came around. And mm-hmm. we're, we're at, um, I think you were at Eco or something at one point, one point. Yeah. But I remember I was watching you kind of, you know, do the recovery shuffle where and I did the same thing, you know, where like go to one place, go to another place, you know, kind of do it for a little bit. And so, um, and so, so, so kind of, I guess, talk a little bit about what that was like. And then, um, you know, what happened that, that really, um, you know, caused, uh, you know, the recovery uh, seed to actually finally begin to take hold and, 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 you know, mm-hmm. be- begin the process of growth that I've, uh, that I've witnessed and that many others have witnessed in you. 
Mm-hmm. Well, um, so I did. I I went to jail in uh, 2016. I think it was the first time I'd ever been to jail. Um, like it's the first time I'd ever been in trouble, and I couldn't get out of trouble. Right. So. I went to jail and I got mandated to a program. I had to go to Mixion. Um, I went there and and I went there with good intentions. I thought um, that I could just do this and get out of trouble and everything would be fine. And um, that is not what happened. I went and I um, really like pushed people away. I did everything in my power to make people not like me um like I acted out really bad I think for a while everyone at McShin was calling me angry Abby (laughs) because (laughs) like I was just so mad all the time I was so mad that I was I don't even know just my whole life I was so mad at everybody um so I was in and out I went to a few different recovery houses And then um, I would go into one, I would be okay for a few days, and I never even really got kicked out. I would just kind of, like, make a huge scene and leave, and then realize that I should go back. So I would go back to another one, Um, and I did that for a while until I finally just left and, um, like, completely went back out, and... uh, yeah, I think I was out for a few months until I went back to jail, which was probably like the best thing that ever happened to me because I did find lasting recovery after that. All right. So, so your last time you went to jail, and so uh, was there like something that happened in jail, or was there like this moment of clarity? Like, what happened? Um, I guess, and I talked about this in an earlier podcast, but people always ask me, man, they're like, you know, like, how is it different this time? You know, (laughs) I'm like, Mm -hmm. like this time felt like every other time in the beginning, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, so, you know, it's kind of, because I I mean, I don't know about your story, but with me, like every time that I thought I was, like, I thought this was going to be it. Like, I'm done. I don't want to do this no more, um, you know, but you know, but within a couple of weeks, I would lose my vigor, you know, for recovery. And I'd be like, you know, whatever, and uh, go back out. So was it something that happened while you were in jail? Like, a, or was it just, uh, you know, something that happened over a period of time that kind of you begin to to realize, like, OK, this is what I, I want to do for the long term? Well, um, so this last time I went to jail, I think I was so beaten down. Um, like, I just felt. I mean, I don't even remember feeling anything when I got to jail. Like, it was kind of like, okay, let's do this again, you know? And so... Sorry. So I got in there, and it was like, you know how every time you go to jail, and it's the same people, and everyone's talking about, oh, I'm going to get clean this time. I was doing so good before I got locked up. Like, stuff like that. And um, and I was like, I was talking like that. I was like, I'm going to get out, and I'm going to stay clean this time. And then I thought about it and I was like, no, I'm not. I always say this every time I go somewhere and I've never been able to do it. Um, so I went to jail. I think uh, I think it might have been July 1st or the end of June. 
of uh, 2017. And um, I was in there for a couple days trying to detox and um, just having all these thoughts like I didn't want to do this and I didn't want to come back to jail. And even more than that, I didn't want to go back on the street. And I decided that I was just going to end it. Like I was done. So I attempted suicide in the jail. Um, It took them like a little while to find me. And when they did, they called the ambulance and I was revived at the hospital and I was in the hospital um, in a medically induced coma for a couple days. And then I woke up and um, went to the state psych hospital because they wouldn't let me back in the jail. And okay. um, like, I don't know, it's kind of weird looking back at it because I remember like even right from the second I woke up, it wasn't even a big thing. Like it was just like, okay, let's do this, go back to jail and then everything's going to be fine, you know. And I continued, I continued to use, like, I got locked up at the end of June, but my clean date is um, July 23rd. So I continued to use in the hospital. But when I got back to the jail, I had the opportunity to go into the RISE program. And I went into that. Um, That was the second time I'd done it. The first time I signed out after like two days. Um, And I decided on that bus ride back to the jail, I decided I'm just going to do everything I can, even if I look so stupid, like I'm going to do everything I can to try to stay clean. And if it doesn't work out, I'll just kill myself. So um, that's what I've been doing, like for the last 19 months. (laughs) And like, it's been working. (laughs) Dude, it's it's so funny because like, you know, they say, like, in recovery circles, we're more alike than different. But I, I, I swear that was my exact same mentality, man. It was like, look, I've tried everything that that I could possibly try to use successfully. So I'm just going to give it this last shot. If it don't work, I'm just going to kill myself. You know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it then, was, like, the final straw. I was just – and then and then once I really started, once I got out of jail and, like, you know, I got out right before Christmas and I stayed home for Christmas and then I went to a recovery house and I got a sponsor. I started working steps. I was going to meetings every day. And um, after a couple months, like I sat back and was thinking about that. And I was like, I've never done before. And all my entire time, like, you know, going to treatment and trying to get clean, I would always think like I'm doing everything I'm supposed to and I just can't stay clean. But I had never done anything before. It was Dude, you want to hear something crazy? So one time I was like using like like uh twelve step slang to like justify my craziness, right? I was like, I'm not going back to twelve step recovery because you know they say keep doing the same thing, expecting different results. It's insanity. And like I've been trying to do this for, you know, so long and it just it just doesn't work for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Right. Yeah, that's what I said. But too. it was like but the reality is, like you said, man, it was like I'd never it was like I was there, but I, w- I wasn't doing, you know, the things that were suggested, like sponsorship, steps, home group, you know, all mm-hmm. that type of stuff. And, and you know, the, the funny thing is, is that, you know, once I started doing all of that, man, you know, the gifts of recovery started coming. And, uh, you know, and then it was like somewhere along the path, it switched from 
um, you know, I'm doing this because I have to, that like I started experiencing, you know, just the gift of life is the best way I can explain it. But like just started like for the first time and in, in as long as I can remember like experiencing like these moments of like the best way I can describe it is just like the spiritual awareness or like sense of like being that I never felt before, you know, or, or at least can't remember. And it was like, and it felt so good, you know, to finally feel like a part of humanity again, you know, and it was like, and I started chasing that feeling the same way I chased, you know, uh, the things that were killing me and, uh, and it just changed my life. And so, um, you know, I think talking with you about it just lets me know that uh, I'm not the only one that experienced that, you know. Right. But um, so, so I'm going to touch on this topic. I don't think I mentioned this to you, you know, before, but, you know, so you came in, you know, I know you, um, you know, you know, you were, you were chasing after your recovery and, and uh, you know, so you, you ended up getting into a relationship with somebody. And so kind of talk, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about that. You know what I mean? So what was that like? Cause I know, you know, they say, stay away from relationships and all this and that but Mm -hmm. um you know uh you know it it seems to me that um you know that that your relationship is 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 doing okay and so uh you know so what did that look like for you and and what do you think um you know has contributed to to some success in that area so um so my my now fiance we were while we were in jail, we were trying to, we used together for like a very brief period of time. He went to jail, I kept using, and then I went to And we tried to make that relace, relationship last through that, and that did not work at all. So when we were both out, um, like, we kind of tried to do it again, and we were both really skeptical about it. And um, it probably wasn't a good idea. Like, if somebody asked me if they should do exactly what I did, I would probably be like, no. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> but, um, but it did work out good. And I think one thing that really helped us is, um, like, we have our relationship and then we have our recoveries. And uh, we don't really talk about our recoveries with each other. I mean, we do. It's a huge part of our lives. So, um, it comes up a lot, but, uh, but it's not like, like we don't really take each other's inventories or check each other on too many things. Um, like we decided that from really early on and it's been kind of cool because, uh, like we get to grow with each other. Um, I mean, I'm sure it's the same way for him, but like when I look at him compared to who he was when I met him, I mean, it's such a change. Um, and the past, I was just talking about this yesterday, actually, because a Facebook memory popped up on my thing about how yesterday was like a year ago. Yesterday was the first time that I met TJ's daughter. And, um, like, first of all, this last year went by so fast. So it was kind of like crazy that that was a whole year ago, but, um, just all these things that I've gained from that relationship you know and um like it's easy to be like oh I love him and you know we're supposed to be together for this and that but so many outside things like he's gotten so close with my family I've gotten close with his family and sometimes I think like when he's right there um like it makes it it makes it easier having somebody like so close to me that's in recovery not that I don't have my close friends you know but 
it definitely yeah is. i i yeah really nice. i'll echo that sentiment because you know my wife's in recovery too and, and mm-hmm. uh you know, I guess some people, you know, say kind of talk junk about dating another person in recovery, but man, I wouldn't have it no other way, man, you know, right? because like she practices her own program. So it's like, I don't necessarily need to correct or try to sponsor her like I did for all them years in the beginning. It's like, I know she's got a program. I know if she has any issues, she's working on herself. So I've kind of, you know, yeah. Uh, but I want to take a second out, man, to, 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 you know, shout out TJ, man, because you know, he reminded me, like, and me and him also don't have, like, you know, we see each other, hey, what's up, you know, but I, I watched him for a long time, and he reminded me of me in the sense that, you know, like, people counted me out, man, you know what I mean? They thought I was never mm-hmm. going to get it, and, um, you know, and I'm sure some a lot of people thought that way about TJ, too, man, and, and you know, watching him and you together, man, has been, you know, it's been awesome. I'm so proud of you both, man. It's such a, such Thank an amazing, um, and I mean, I just got to be honest, like, as much as I say I don't judge people, when I see people that remind me of me, I always count them out. I'm like, they're not going to mm-hmm. make it, you know what I'm saying? And TJ was one of those people, but, like, I love nothing more than to be than, than to be proven wrong in that area, you know what I mean? And um, and he's done yeah. that, man, and I have the utmost respect, you know, for him in that area. So uh, I just wanted to shout him out because I'm sure he'll probably be listening to this. <laughs> but, um, yeah. but, uh, but anyway, so, so, um, so you're in this relationship. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're somewhat, you know, early on in recovery and, uh, you know, and, and everything's going well, your life is doing great. And then you find out, okay, I'm pregnant. So, (laughs) so so let's talk about that. Like, what was that like? And, um, and, and, you know, you can kind of just talk about the whole experience of being pregnant or, you know, and, and, and all that stuff up leading up until now, you know, but whatever you want to discuss in regards to that, um, you know, I kind of, want to know i'm sure there was some fear surrounding that or or whatever but uh, i guess we want to dig into that a little bit so um i was i found out i was pregnant at the very end of march last year so i had only been out of jail for like almost four months or something like that and um or just about four months and um so i took a pregnancy test in my recovery house <laughs> and uh, and TJ was also living in a recovery house and um right when I took it I didn't even call him I went outside and called my sponsor and um and told her about it and it, it's like funny because I had the feeling that I was and I was like oh I really feel like I am but it's not a big deal and then right when the pregnancy test came up I freaked out I think I screamed and everyone in my house was like what's going on and I was like there's a spider in the bathroom (laughs) but like I was freaked out and um so I ended up just going over to TJ's recovery house and I told him and um it was kind of I don't know it was really for a few weeks there I mean a lot of decisions had to be made and there was um like a lot of fear and I think at that time that was like the most praying I'd ever done um I still didn't really have like a very strong conscious contact I um but I that like that is one of the first times like I remember praying and like receiving an answer so I went through with the pregnancy and um I was very sick the whole time 
I think I had like a good two months where I wasn't throwing up every day. And this and this is your first uh, child, right? Okay. Yes. And um, so we moved back in, or we moved in with my parents, and we still live here. Um, and that, for me, like when we decided to do that, it was a good idea. And then as time went on, I was um, I started getting really insecure about it because I was looking at all these other people that like had houses and like lived with their kids and were completely self-supporting. And um, I would get really down on myself about that. But, um, you know, now I, now I know that like, this is, this is like the place that makes me happy. So that's just like what I focus on. But um, anyways, so. But yeah, let me tell you from, let me tell you from experience though, man, like, uh-huh. And I, I can imagine you that you would be like that, but I think that, um, you know, like given the opportunity, you know, um, if I would have had that opportunity when I was in your position, I probably would have did the same thing, man. So like, you know, you you stay there till you're ready. You know what I mean? Till you're right. ready. Because I mean, you're in a good situation. You know what I mean? Sometimes our mm-hmm. ambition will override our intellect, and we'll want to run out and do all this stuff. But uh, you know, the last thing you need is a, a whole lot of uh, added stress, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so anyway, we can, we can pick back up. So, so, um, and like going through the pregnancy, I was terrified for a while, um, for like months and like, you know, this with some people might, but like a whole bunch of people got pregnant at yeah, the same did. time for some uh-huh. reason. And, um, so it was nice, like, kind of having people that, that at the time I didn't know at all, but, like, who over the course of, like, being pregnant and having a kid, like, we've all, you know, become friends. But um, for most of my pregnancy, I was really scared. I didn't know what was going on. I was scared to talk to anybody. Um, and I kind of, I kind of fell back, like, on my program a lot. I stopped doing step work. And, um you know, it was like all I could do to just make it to like two or three meetings a week and going from meetings every day, like it was a big change for me. So um, I got, uh, things got really hard. I think when I was like, well, hang on, let me, so I got this job. Um, I was working as like a legal assistant somehow. I don't even really know how (laughs) I got that job. I just like, I don't even remember applying for it. She just called me and told me to come in. So I had this job and um, I started feeling like I was really doing big things. And uh, for the first time I was like making decent money. I was working a full-time job and um, like I got really ahead of myself. So I guess God decided to sit me down for a second and like, let me know, you know? So um, I think I was five months pregnant and I got a false positive on a probation right. test and before they like uh, did anything else with it, they just called me in and took me to jail. Wow. And um, so I was in jail five months pregnant. My only experience with jail is I've only been to jail two times except for that time. And both times I stayed for six months. So my only experience is a, uh, like going to jail and not leaving, right. you know, like being stuck there. And um, I was so scared. Um, 
I just, that was super hard for me for a minute there. I thought like my every like ounce of faith I had in my higher power just like fell. I was like, this is not fair. Um, but, um, you know, when I was, I was in jail and I like got on my knees and I prayed the whole time I was in there. And it was funny, like how it worked out because I ended up being in a cell with another girl who was pregnant and who had been using her pregnancy and was on maintenance drugs and hearing her talk about how hard that was, you know, and, um, I was so distracted, like outside, I was so distracted by this job and wanting to make money and do all these things. I'd let my recovery fall behind and, uh, like seeing that was a really good reminder. Like I, that could have been me, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And, um, so I'm like, now I'm grateful for that happening, but, um, you know, it also showed me how strong I was because the last time I was in jail, like I left in an ambulance and this time all I did was pray, you know? So it was cool for me to see that growth in myself, but, um, that all, you know, they tested it a second time and they were like, Oh, sorry. (laughs) And everything was fine. But I did lose my job as a result of that um, because it was a law office. So I was back. Like I felt like I got knocked off of everything I was doing, but it gave me an opportunity to like get back into my program. I started going to meetings almost every day and I started like really learning about myself and about like my pregnancy. Um, And that was really cool. I mean, that's not really recovery related, but uh, since I've been clean, I think that was definitely like being pregnant and having a baby was awesome, but just learning about it was uh, like the coolest thing I've done. And um, I'm grateful for that. Like looking back, losing that job was the best thing that could have happened for like me and my family so um so yeah and then I had I had my daughter on December 6th and um a few days after I had her I had uh there was like a huge snowstorm and I couldn't like leave the house And I had like five girls all pile up in one girl's car that could drive in the snow and bring a meeting out to my house. And it was so awesome. And, um, you know, I've made like a lot of friends in this process that like, I mean, nobody, nobody ever in my life have I ever considered, you know, like while I was using, there was never anybody that... I would consider like a, you know, like an aunt to my kids or somebody that I don't know, like has been involved as some of these people. Yeah. You know, one of my friends is that like, like, so when you go to, if you were to go to my daughter's school and pull up her, uh, her list of like uh, uh, authorized people to pick her up, it's all people in recovery. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, you know, and all of my friends, man, are like, you know, it's, I mean, and I'm, you know, I know you're living with your family and I, and I am close with my family, but you know, my, my friends in recovery, man, have, have become, you know, just as much uh, a part of my life as, as my family. And it, for me, sometimes, you know, even more so, you know, just because yeah, I uh, spend more time with them. seems like, um, you know, my brother's, he's got his own family. He's busy, you know, all that type of stuff. So, 
and my sister lives all the way out of, you know way out of town my mom's got her stuff going on mm-hmm. my dad lives way out of town so um you know man it's like this this recovery community has you know by default become my family also you know yeah and, uh, but i wanted to touch on one thing too that you had talked about because i remember seeing that um you know uh seeing all of you all of you you ladies that were pregnant um you know, that kind of got pregnant. And I know y'all formed like a little group of like, you know, pregnant women mm-hmm. in recovery. So how was that? Like, how cool was that to be a part of that? And like, what, what type of role did that play in, um, you know, in your, in your recovery and in your, you know, uh, preparation for, for motherhood? So um, one of the girls that was pregnant, she made a like Facebook page. Right. Cause you know, there's all these like mommy Facebook pages. And when you scroll down them, like, I don't know, it's always talking about like, oh, I just need a drink and like this <laughs> and that. And um, it's like, we just can't really relate to that, you know? So, so somebody, um, so one of the girls made, hang on one second. Sorry. I'm Sorry. Woke up. Um, Sorry. All right. There you go. So um, one of the girls made a Facebook page and um, it started out with maybe like 10 of us. And now there's like 70 people in the page for like moms and pregnant women in recovery. And um, that's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. And I spend a lot of time on that. Like I've made good friends just from posting on there and getting feedback. We have like um, mommy play dates you know, where we like bring all the babies to just kind of sit next to each other and we hang out. And um, yeah, it was really cool because, you know, like I said, I was really scared when I was pregnant and um, I felt really alone. And um, like, I love, like, I'm still very close with the like girls that I got clean with, but sometimes like when you have kids and a family, um, like you can't, relate as much to people who aren't in the same position i mean there's nothing like wrong with it it's just you know the way Dude, it is and, and, and you'll you'll see that to continue to, to happen you know I, I know it has for me man yeah. like the longer don't get me wrong like i still have a, a, a wide community and of, of friends that are in recovery but as time goes on um you know the road kind of narrows and the people that you tend to surround yourself with more more frequent than not are people that are experiencing the same type of, you know, stuff and you mm-hmm. kind of build these bonds. At least that's what's happened with me, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> because it's like you're going through the same stuff, man. You know, it's like easier to talk to somebody, you know, that can relate to, to the, yeah. you know, parenting stuff that you're going through, man. And um, so, yeah, that's a, that's a, a very similar to my experience. Mm-hmm. I think like another thing that really helped me, like with that mommy group is, uh, I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of people experience this, but um, sometimes, like, I don't even believe that I have, like, the clean time that I do. It it seems like, um, like, I still feel left out of the, like, group of people, I don't know, that have been here for a few years. But I got to meet, like, all of these girls that, like, were here when I was coming in and out and have been here for years but who I was like a little bit scared, honestly, to reach out to and be friends with. 
but like now we have this thing in common and it was like a really good gateway for us to form a relationship and that has helped my recovery I mean like sometimes I don't even realize how much it has until I sit back and think about it yeah you know I can remember when I was coming out for all them you know in and out for the 10 years that I was and it was like I used to see, you know, and when you come in and out for that long period of time, it's like some of the people that you came in, in with ended up staying and they achieved, you know, some, 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 some semblance of recovery. And then, you know, you, you come back and, um, and it's like, it almost seems like they're in this little click of like, you know, long time or people and like, you know, I felt like I didn't quite fit in, man. And, and, but as my, mm-hmm. as my recovery has progressed, it's like, I'm able to look and see how much of like, just my insecurity and, and stuff played into me feeling not a part of, and I wasn't a part of because, yeah. I, you know, I wasn't there. So like the more right. I was engaged in recovery and the more I, you know, um, you know, started, you know, reaching out to different people and being around different people, it's like, you know, relationships take time. And so a lot of those people that I used to look at as, you know, at this further place than me and that, you know, had their little clicks. It's like, now we're, you know, now we're friends, you know what I mean? Because I've invested time Mm -hmm. into those relationships. And so, um, and they're some of the most rewarding ones, man. But, um, but um, I don't know, man, I'm just, I'm grateful for that, you know, in my life. And so, uh, you know, one thing, um, like one thing you said made me think of this, like I have a friend who uh, she's kind of out, you know, um, and I still talk to her because I love her. But uh, I said something the other day, I don't know, we were talking about like going to concerts and like dancing at shows. And I said, I would be much more comfortable doing that now because I have so much more confidence now that, you know, I'm clean. And she was like, oh my God, what are you talking about? (laughs) And, And I was like, and I remember that. Like, I remember coming in and being like, I... you know like I just have nothing to offer anybody and I'm so awkward um and I don't really know like I I think it was a gradual change definitely but uh like somewhere along the line um like that like really fell off and after doing like work with myself like I love myself and my life like every morning when I wake up I'm like oh my god I love my life I'm so happy to like get out of bed you know, waking up in the middle of the night, I'm like, I love this because I'm not waking up sick. I do. You know? I do. There's nothing like it, man. There's nothing like. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, gives um, people in recovery, um, you know, and you hear people talk about it in meetings, but it gives us motivation because, like, we know what it's like to, like, literally be in the depths of hell. And so something, some things that some people take for granted or that seem mundane or just, you know, basic stuff like waking up in the morning, not sick, you know, it's like, man, like mm-hmm. what an amazing feeling, you know? And so, uh, I mean, I get that type of feeling sometimes and it may seem really simple, but like, you know, I was filling my, my car up with gas the other day at the gas station and, um, and, and I at seven 11 and I came walking out and I had like a, you know, I had bought some cigarettes and some energy drinks, which are terrible for you. I'm not promoting those things, <laughs> but, um, but I was walking to my car and I, and I just had this moment where I realized like, it's been like some years that I like can go in the store and like pretty much get whatever I want. And then I was like filling up my car and like, I didn't have a license for like, you know, almost 20 years. And like, and it was just like this moment of like these people that just go through their life doing this basic stuff. And I had like this really huge moment of like, just uh, over 
overwhelming gratitude, man, where I, like, got in my car mm-hmm. and kind of, like, teared up a little bit, just like, man, who the hell am I? You know what I mean? <laughs> How did I get yeah. here? You know? Um, and so it's those moments in recovery, man, that kind of, and I think those of us, uh, you know, that have experienced hell, it's like just basic stuff like that gives us uh, this this sense of joy that that uh, can only be expressed through like a shared experience, man. I know you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know? And like when I know when I first got clean and even before I was clean, um, like I thought that these spiritual awakenings were like this huge thing in my life. Like I was going to realize something and it was just going to be like this huge life changing moment and like the earth was going to shift and everything was going to look different. But it's stuff like that. Like, those are my little, my, my mini spiritual awakenings, you know? Like, I bought something off Amazon yesterday just because I wanted <laughs> it. And I shouldn't have, but I wanted it. And it's stuff like that. Like, I, I've never been able to do stuff. I've never been able to save money before. And now I have a savings account. Like, for me, that's Dude, crazy. I know. I know the feeling, believe me. <laughs> but it's, it's great, though, man. And those are all, like, you know, just the gifts of recovery are like, uh, you know, some of the most basic things that give us some of the deepest senses of, of purpose mm-hmm. and joy and kind of add worth to our life. And so, um, and so going on that, on that type of thinking, um, you know, I, I kind of want to talk about what it's been like, um, you know, because I know for me, you know, having a child, um, you know, and, and being a part of my child's life, uh, is, is probably the number one, uh, you know, gift of recovery for me is, mm-hmm. is uh, the, the type of um, substance that a child brings into my life. And so I often share with people like, um, you know, new parents, I tell them, I'm like, look, because, you know, you get in these relationships and you have like, you know, a boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever, you know, and, and, uh, mm-hmm. and you know, you, you tell them, like, I love you, you know, and stuff like that. But then you have a child and you realize like, Oh, so this is what love is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> and it deepens your sense of love. And so, like, I kind of want to talk about that, man. Like, what what kind of things have um, or how has having a child uh, impacted and changed your life or, or your view on, on, on life? Um, well, first of all, this past year, like, not only have I had a baby, but I've also gotten the chance to get close to TJ's daughter, who's eight years old. And, um, like, having my own child, like, showed me, I mean, exactly like you said, like, everything I thought about love, it's just so different. It is so different than everything I thought. Like, I knew I was going to love my baby, but I didn't know it was going to be that intense, if it that does. makes sense. It does. Um and like how second nature everything is and um you know like it makes me tear up sometimes thinking you know if i if i keep going the way that i am like like our daughter will never have to see tj and i that's use right. you know and um like that's amazing for me and watching like last year um you know, I, I had just met TJ's daughter for the first time. I didn't have like any kind of good relationship with her mom at all. And really neither did TJ, you know, I mean, that's like put a stuff out there, but he'd been in and out for a while. And, um, like, you know, the other day we, she comes over and stays with us sometimes. And the other day, 
we were driving her home and TJ was like, okay, get in the car. Uh, we were taking two separate cars because he had to do something. And she was like, no, I want to ride with Abby. And I cried. Like, <laughs> I teared up the entire way there under my sunglasses. Because um, I would have never, I mean, like, never been able to do something like that. Like, and, um, and love for a stepchild is super real. It's different than, like, love from your right. own child. But it is definitely real yeah it's, and it, i i have a i have a, a stepdaughter too i mean she's you know she's she's you know just as much my daughter um as the other mm-hmm. ones but and it's a it's a it's a it's a weird thing to navigate too though you know because you have oh it's yeah like, you know it's like this weird like where's my boundary and what's this and you know it's mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a lot of uh it's tough to navigate but um and um i I really want to touch on this too, because, um, I've had somebody else like express something about this. And, uh, so when I was pregnant, my thoughts were like, um, I became really resentful because I was like, he's not going to love this baby as much because it's not his first. And, um, like I became resentful of the entire situation and I was so scared to talk about it because, like, that makes me seem like such a bad person. Or at least in my head, like, that's what I thought, you know, that I had all these fears about, um, like, his other daughter and my daughter and how everything was going to play right. out. And um, I finally broke down and talked to some people about it. And, um, you know, the suggestions that I was given was, like, not to put too much pressure on it and just, like, let things go. Because I was trying to, like, play, like, I did not know what role to play, like you said. I didn't know if I should be, like, a mom or, like, what. I, um, I mean, I'm 22. I, like, dealing with an 8-year-old is, a uh, was, like, kind of hard for yeah. me, you know. So, um, but, uh, it is definitely, all of those fears, like, vanished. And my, my favorite thing in the entire world is when she sleeps over here. And when Vera wakes up in the middle of the night and she wakes up with me or um, in the morning, she grabs her and they snuggle and sleep together. And like through the course of recovery, um, clearing up some resentments and stuff like that, like I've built a relationship with her mom. So, you know, like both of our kids have this huge, huge extended family now. I mean, my parents know Ariana. um, Her mom knows Vera. Yeah, awesome. that is awesome, man. You know, and uh, yeah, I'm super proud of her too, man, because she's doing well. You know, I I, I remember seeing mm-hmm. uh, Ariana's mom some years ago, and I've I've kind of watched her do her thing too, and I'm uh, super proud of her also. But um, and so um, I don't know, man. So 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 we talked about the good things. Well, hold on, let me let me let me back up for a second. I just want to share this too because. You know, I have to do that with other parents, friends of mine, too. Like, I have to share stuff with them. And what I find is when I tell them, like, some of the crazy stuff I'm thinking, they're like, bro, I've been thinking the same stuff, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's kind of like a freeing, it's a freeing thing because, you know, like, I'm so negative to myself. Like, I beat myself up worse than anybody. So I'll, I'll make myself think that I'm like this piece of crap for some of the thoughts I have. And then I, and then I share them with somebody like, dude, I think, I think the same stuff about my kids sometimes, you know? But I think it's mm-hmm. not so much important about what we think as opposed to what we do, you know, um, you know, right. but um, but so we talked about some of the 
a lot of the you know the good things about children and stuff but what are some of the things that you struggle so um i think you still there i think yeah can you hear me all right i think uh like one of the one of the hardest things that i've had to deal with is um you know putting my recovery first which while i was pregnant i was like that's going to be really easy um but it's it's hard like i don't know definitely since i've had her um you know i haven't been going to as many meetings which sometimes it's hard to get a newborn out of the house and um you know like i remember talking with tj about how i was really scared that my whole life was going to change when i had the baby and i wasn't going to be able to like do anything i wanted and when i had her um you know most of that like went out the window and i was like oh i love my life with her now but sometimes like that comes back up and i'm like i want to go out and do things you know like i want to like get in the car I mean, we used to just, like, jump in the car and go to the beach or, like, go somewhere. And, like, we can't do that anymore, you know? Like, we have to be, like, responsible parents. And um, every once in a while, I do get a little resentful, you know, at the fact that, like, my life did completely change. And, like, that's hard to admit sometimes. But, I mean, that's real, you know? It is, man. I mean, and and I, I know, like, I didn't have my kids until they were. Oh, I had them. Well, I had my youngest, and then I, I mean, my middle child. Then we got custody of her, had another one, then lost them both. And the, my oldest um, one is with my, my mother in law. But, um, yeah, I, I went through this battle where it was like, when I first got them back, where it was like, you know, for like the first couple of weeks, man. Well, the first week was great because I was so happy to have my kids back, you know. But, but then it mm-hmm. was, um, you know, I went through about a two week phase where it was like, I was super resentful, man. And I can still get like that sometimes because it's like, mm-hmm. I, you know, for the first like year or so in recovery, man, I'm going to meetings all the time, going out to dinner, going to conventions, you know, going to the beach, going wherever I want to do what I want to do. And then it's like, all of a sudden I got these little people in my life that I'm responsible for and that, you know, uh, need the bulk of my attention, man, you know, and, uh, and there's a lot of sacrifice entailed in that. But what I found is that, um, you know, where there's, where there's a bulk of sacrifice, there's also a a huge reward, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and so I I love that, um, you know, that part of. And another, another thing that, um, you know, has been like kind of hard that I wasn't really like ready for, I guess, is, um, you know, like lack of sleep, obviously, but like the emotions that come along with that. I don't know what it is, but like you get super emotional. I like I know it's hormones, but it's like more than that. You just get so emotional, you know, and I sometimes start feeling. OK, so it's kind of hard to explain, but I start thinking that TJ is resenting me. So then I start to resent him because he works, you know, and like I stay home with the baby and I do a little bit here and there. But, um, and, and let me just say, like, he's never said anything about it, but I sit at home by myself and I'm like, he just thinks I sit around all day. <laughs> he's never said that before, but I sit there and I think that, and then he comes home and like, I kind of treat him like crap, you know? And, um, I did that for like a week and a half. And then finally he was like, what's wrong? 
And I just like started crying and I was like, I do things and you don't think I do anything. And he was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and then I sat back and thought about it and I made up everything in my Dude, head. listen. Because <laughs> I was sitting at home by myself and I was thinking that I wasn't doing enough. Like it was all me that I was reflecting onto him. Dude, I went through the exact same thing too. It was the exact same thing. And then like, you know, Ashley would, because there was a time when our situation was the same and she, and then she would, um, if I said anything to her, like I could be like, I remember one time I said something like, um, hey, are those clothes still in the dryer that were in there earlier or something like that? And I wasn't trying to take a shot at her. But dude, she flipped out on me. <laughs> like, That's know? exactly like how it goes like, for us. So be like, can you throw those, throw those clothes in the washer? And I'm like, listen, I washed your <laughs> laundry yesterday. And he's like, can you just wash my pants? <laughs> yeah. That makes me feel better that other people have done that too, because I was like, "Wow!" I'm like, no, but I tell you what, though, man. Like, and I and I and I really wish the best for you and TJ, man. And I think that, um, you know, as as relationships grow, man. I know for my wife and I, man, it's like, um, you know, just being able to talk and be honest with one another about that stuff, man. Like, you know, we we go, we makes yeah, and then we go through it, and it's like builds yeah. this bond, man. That like. You know that we that that we have now, man. That it's like, you know, mm-hmm. all the struggles and all the arguments. As much as I hated them when we were in them, man. You know, when, when we didn't give up on one another, it's like it's created this bond to where, like, we're like we can get through anything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But uh, <clears throat> but anyway, so look, we got about a couple minutes left. Um, you know, before we close this out. But first, I wanted to say, you know, I really. Uh, appreciate you coming and um, you know doing this doing this for me so thank you yeah thanks for and, asking uh, me I was surprised no look you know I, like I, I think I told you in the text man like I've been watching you know um, just because I don't you mm-hmm. know recovery community is huge man and you know and my life's busy so like I don't necessarily have you know really deep relationships with everybody but I'm always watching you know right. I'm always watching and and um, you know you know how it is sometimes you can see transformation in others more than you can see it in yourself and so you know right. watching you all um do what you've been able to do man um is is amazing so so i'm, I'm super proud of you and I'm, I'm very glad that you were here but um but one of the things yeah. i want to i want to close with is um you know what does you know what are some of your aspirations man what are some of your dreams what are your goals and you know what does uh you know the future look like for you um, so, uh, sorry, let me get back. It's a tough, to it's a tough question, um, man, especially when you got your hands full with the baby. <laughs> you know? Well, I think, you know, definitely like that's my main focus. Um, but you know, I said like, I, I enjoyed like learning about pregnancy so much, um, like I went, I went the uh, natural birth route and uh, which anyway is fine. That's just like, you know, the way that I went. But um, so I've decided, you know, I had like a birth doula and everything. So like right now, that's what I'm pursuing is, um, you know, I feel like I found something I was passionate about and being in recovery has given me like the opportunity, the time and the money to uh, like pursue my dreams. So that's something I'm doing right now. Um, you know, in the past, since, since last year, I mean, if you had asked me last year, that same question, you know, it would have been like the generic go to school, find out something I like. And, 
you know, but now it's uh, like, I want to like settle down. I want to, you know, own my own home. Um, I'm engaged and I would like to, you know, get married soon and um, maybe have another baby. <laughs> TJ is iffy about that, but I'm, you know. We'll Dude, see. I'm telling you, like, I'm but, not, if he's listening to this, like, it's better to have them close together than it is to do like I did. Thank you. TJ, did you hear that? <laughs> so I got, you know, because I got all of mine are like four or five years apart. And it just makes for a tough, mm-hmm. you know, because my youngest one can't. Like my, my 10-year-old, uh, almost 11, and then I got a, well, that live with us. It's, it's 10-year-old, almost 11, mm-hmm. and then my, my, my 5-year-old, almost 6. And it's like their, their age difference is so much that, like, you know, they, they can't do the same. One can't do everything the other one can do, you know. And so it's right. like, you know, it just becomes an issue, a lot of arguments, a lot of craziness that goes on. Yeah. So uh, I wish you, to, I wish you, you know, I wish you luck in that. And uh, have y'all came up with a a, a a a plan for the wedding, or are you just kind of playing it by ear? Um. So I keep sitting down to do some actual planning, and then I see all the prices on everything, and I'm like, I'm not gonna do this right <laughs> now. <laughs> so it is very stressful, but um. You know, we're kind of playing it by ear. All we know right now is that Ariana wants to be the head flower girl. So that's about it. She's planned her whole part, <laughs> but um, we haven't planned anything. But, you know, like it'll all fall together. I'm not. Uh, I, I just don't want to get, you know, you see so many people getting so stressed out about planning a wedding. And um, I don't handle stress very well. <laughs> So we're taking Dude, listen, me and Ashley got married in the uh, in Henrico County Jail East, and we've been together for a long, long time. <laughs> so our wedding cost me 50 bucks in a pastor, you know what I mean? <laughs> to come marry us. Yeah. Uh, you know, and sometimes, like, I, I don't get resentful at people necessarily, but, like, you know, I've been going to a lot of weddings because a lot of our friends get married and stuff, and it's like sometimes I wish that we had had that, you know? I'm like, dang, man. So mm-hmm. maybe, you know. Maybe in our 15-year anniversary. Yeah, Maybe down know, the road, yeah. But uh, so I guess the last thing I want, want to ask you, man, is, um, you know, if you had a message for somebody, man, that's kind of, you know, that struggled with some of the things you struggle with, you know, um, mental health and, um, you know, self-harm mm-hmm. and uh, substance use disorder, you know, if somebody's out there struggling right now listening to this, um, you know, what message do you have for them? And, um, you know, what would you say? Uh, you know, to help guide them or just to give them some inspiration and hope? Definitely. uh, You don't have to be quiet about it. Um, I think it took me years to speak up about some things. And every time I open my mouth, that problem either gets fixed or I find a solution pretty quick. Um, So, yeah, definitely, you know, open your mouth and talk to some people, find some people that you're comfortable talking with. It was really hard for me to do that at first, but I had to kind of like, uh, like grit and bear it through the awkwardness and like the uncomfortability until I was comfortable. And um, I'm so glad that I did that. Like, there was like a, a couple shaky months, but getting through that has made all the difference. And now I do have life lasting relationships with people that I can talk to. All right. Well, great. Um, so once again, thank you, you know, for being on the show. Thanks for and, having um, me. Here at the Real Life Community Center, our mission is to assist individuals who have been impacted by incarceration, homelessness, 
who are battling addiction to overcome barriers and obstacles faced within the community to hinder their prosperity and their ability to have a thriving future. Our vision is to walk alongside our clients, to see them grow into prosperous and thriving life while highlighting the barriers associated with those exiting incarceration and overcoming addiction in order to reduce the negative stigmas and stereotypes. Every day, men and women looking for second chances and redemption walk through our doors. They are seeking hope, motivation, and skills in order to make that change. Through community partnerships and financial investments, Real Life is able to provide clients specifically with what they need. Intense case management, an expected mother's program, recovery housing or housing referrals, mental health services, classes and groups, job preparation and placement, transportation assistance, substance use disorder support, educational opportunities, a clothing closet, a computer lab, and more. And most important, unconditional love and support. All donations directly support providing services to further our mission of assisting individuals who have been impacted by incarceration or homelessness or those battling a substance use disorder to overcome barriers and obstacles faced within the community that hinder their prosperity and ability to have a thriving future. If you would like to donate to Real Life Community Center, you can donate on our webpage, www.reallifeprogram.org backslash donate, or you can donate directly through the anchor.fm app or listening platform.